0: Well, if you have your Bibles with you, can you turn with me to Luke chapter 8, please? I think everybody's aware that we're two weeks away from Resurrection Sunday. Easter Sunday, whatever you want to call it. We all know what it means. It's when the our Lord and Savior rose from the dead, which is different than any other belief system or religion or anything else you want to try to point at. Through all eternity, there's only one and only Jesus Christ, the risen Savior. So today I want to start pointing towards that, just kind of underline some things. I want to start talking about resurrection power because it's like, for me sometimes, I can overemphasize it on Sunday and miss it that it's actually 365 days a year, right? If you're a born-again Christian, you were born again by resurrection power, The Bible says it's the exact same power that raised Christ from the dead. That's what we're born from. Come on. That that kind of makes us special. (laughs) So um, I just want to to talk about that. Dennis is going to share next week on Palm Sunday, and then two weeks from now I'll be back with Easter. But I just want to get this thing about Resurrection Sunday, resurrection power, uh, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that the Bible says is effectively working in us. I, I like that effectively working in it. It's not just, I'm not just a a car battery walking around with legs and arms. You know, I got a full charge, I ain't doing nothing with it. Effective means something's happening. That power's effecting change inside me, in me, and through me, and out of me. I'm becoming more fruitful inside and around me. Man, because of his effective working power. And so, (sighs) just got to kind of gather myself for a second man thank you God thank you Lord sometimes we talk about the resurrection power and we use words that I don't think we're thinking about power but it is it's grace the grace of God is resurrection power because it's his grace that works in us that causes all change And so we love the thought of grace being God's grace to us. He's gracious to us, kind, merciful, goodness is all this grace. But grace literally is the power of God to do his will. Back to that effective working power, the resurrection power of God in our lives. Man. So this morning I want to try to talk about a, a person who really exemplified the power of God, the effective working of the power of God in her life, and she gets very little credit for it. It, it seems like as I study uh, Mary Magdalene, that's who we're going to be talking about today. As I study her life, I think she's been, um, well, I think people lied about her and I think most of us have a misunderstanding about Mary Magdalene. And I think who Jesus saw who she was, I don't think many other people actually got it or they would have treated her differently. So I'm going to talk about her in a little bit. Um, today's story isn't about Peter, James, and John. It's it's definitely the resurrection story. It's definitely Easter Sunday story, absolutely. But it's not about Peter, James, and John. It's not about Nicodemus. It's not about Herod, and it's not about the Roman soldiers. It's about Mary Magdalene. Now, how many times have you ever heard the Easter story told through around about centered on Mary? Now, I don't think I've ever heard it. I've never preached it, so it's kind of new for me. And as I got into this and looking at it more, I was just amazed at this woman and her... her exemplary life of being such an example of someone that loved Jesus Christ and lived for him. And she doesn't. she's not in some of the big stories. She didn't go on the Mount Transfiguration. She wasn't in the boat when Jesus walked on water. A lot of these huge stories that we love so much. But this woman was at the biggest moment in history. In history. She was the first person to see the tomb was empty. She was the first person that actually touched the resurrected Christ. What wasn't the big 12, wasn't Nicodemus, it was this woman. So we'll look at it a little bit more. If you're at Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, just kind of get us a picture of her, then I'm going to kind of uh, try to unfold a few more things. So it starts out saying, Now it came to pass afterwards that he went through every city and village preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the 12 were with him, and certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalene, out of whom he had come seven demons, man, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod Steward, and Susanna, and many others who provided for them for him from their substance. So in those three verses, it really packs a lot of knowledge about who, who was his closest people, who was supporting him. And I, I find it interesting that Joanna, the wife of Chuza or, or Cusa, was Herod, Herod's steward. So here's King Herod, and his steward's got to be right there in the top couple of three people right there underneath King Herod. This guy's wife is following Jesus around, putting money in the plate. Wow. In my mind, somehow I'm thinking, well, it's, it's uh, Mary Magdalene, Mary, his mom, and then all single ladies. It's like, uh, no, there was Mary women we were following him around. That's amazing, and they were famous people. Everybody would have recognized the king's steward's wife, right? The first day she's following Jesus around, word gets back to Herod. She still did. It's amazing. So I, maybe today's all about, I'm just so impressed by the brave women in the Bible and in the New Testament and in the gospel story and the resurrection story that don't seem to get the credit where credit's due, so... Um, if we have any feministas in here today, I, maybe I, I can encourage you a little bit. If we just have some women that love the Lord their God and love serving Him wholeheartedly, maybe I can encourage you guys. Uh, guys, maybe I can encourage us because the same truths that happened for Mary happened for all of us, and we'll see that in just a little bit later. So Mary was a great disciple, plain and simple. She was a great disciple. Mary's listed in 12 different verses in the New Testament. That's more than almost half of the 12 disciples. That's how often she shows up and they talk about her. It's like, how come we don't talk about her more than? How come she's not like an example that we're really talking at and trying to emulate? Um, Even though she was that important, much of what we believe about her is wrong. This is what's so crazy. The importance that Jesus showed her seems to be missed most of the time. Jesus had her come and see the empty tomb See him bodily form resurrected, came and touched him, and he told her to go and tell the 12. Now, he could have reversed that. He could have had all the 12 meet him there. They're the ones that see it, and then you go tell the ladies. Why is it he had a lady do it? Why is it we don't talk about it? Oh, by the way, not only did Jesus know that she'd respond and she'd be there. She's a disciple that loved him so much. She's there waiting early morning. Let's see this thing. Where's my Lord? And it's empty. Oh, there's my Lord. Boom. She goes and puts a tackle on this dude. (laughs) She didn't just sit there. Oh, I'm going to worship. She ran up there and grabbed him by the feet. Now there's passion. There's a person that's all in. I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care what you think. I love him so much. I can't contain myself. I, I, want, I want to have more people like that around me. <laughs> I really, really do. Uh, it says that she supported Jesus' ministry. So she must have been a woman of means. She might have even been married. The Bible doesn't say she was single. Doesn't say she was divorced. Doesn't say that she was a widower. It says she supported Jesus' ministry. Where did she get that money from? We'll touch that in just a second because there is a misunderstanding about her that I really want to get to. Throughout the Gospels, Mary supported Jesus and made his mission possible because of her dedication. Now, the 12 apostles, 12 disciples, they get all the headlines. They're the ones who go over here. Well, we were casting demons out, man. In your name, we were doing this, that, and the other thing. Oh, and when we went over here. You gave us a bread, and we fed crowds with your bread. Oh, it was so amazing. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, Mary's paying the bills. <laughs> Not much glory in paying the bills, but we all have to do it faithfully, don't we? There's a lot of things that happen at church every single week. Not much glory in cleaning urinals. Not not much glory in scrubbing toilets. Not much glory in making bulletins or counting the offerings so they can go to the bank. But there's people that have to do it faithfully every single week. There's people that are all in, wholeheartedly, loving the Lord passionately, giving their best all the time just because they love God so much. Because something happened to them, happened to me, happened to you guys, that happened to Mary. We met the Lord Jesus Christ and he forgave us of all our sins. Do you remember that? Do you remember when you got born again? You got all your stuff forgiven. Clean slate. This life They had all these challenges. Maybe you're like me. You were addicted and demonized, and had all this mess at every level. It's like a dumpster fire. And Jesus comes and just does a brand new, fresh beginning. And you know that. You know that. You know that. You know that you've been completely forgiven. Nothing like it. There's echoes of that is still changing my life today, of that total forgiveness by God. Man, oh man. So she's supporting Jesus. She had other options, just like all of us. You know, we have faithful people here in this church that faithfully give all the time, their time, talents, and treasures. They got other options. They can go buy brand new Cadillacs they want. They can go buy a boat. They can go buy a hunting cabin. They can take vacations, about one every three months, to the Bahamas or you name it. Instead, they choose to spend it on Jesus and his ministry. Well done. Well done. Well done, just like Mary. You know, another thing they're like, Mary, they're not waiting around just to get accolades or credit. Mary didn't wait anywhere. Oh, you know what? You guys went and had all that fun. I was back here having to do dishes. She did whatever she had to do because she loved the Lord so much. It's so amazing. She was a constant source of encouragement to the team because the woman of faith that she was I think some around her missed her all-in attitude because she was so quiet and in the background. We have giants right here in this church that serve in the background all the time, consistently all the time. And if I pointed them out, I, I do this quite often though. I had the thank you service and I try to make sure that we all know that things here don't just magically happen. <laughs> sidewalks don't get shoveled, just you know some kind of a troll wanders in and shovels the sidewalks, right? Um, things here happen because faithful people do it. Just like Meredith, she was so faithful that she did it. Did she get called out like Jim, James and John and Mark? Nope. She rarely got called out. Seems like she was almost only called out by Jesus. I bet they had amazing conversations because he trusted her with the key things, the most important time in all of history that she could see the empty tomb, see the resurrected Christ, and touch him, be the first person to touch him. In all of history, that's big. One thing's for sure about Mary, Jesus didn't miss a thing that she did and he rewarded her with the kind of -of one-of-a-kind experience that no other person ever will claim. So Jesus saw her heart and he saw that she lived in total forgiveness and expressed that love in action and obedience. Man. Turn with me to Mark chapter 16. We're going to go to verse 9. Mark 16, verse 9. Mark chapter 16, verse 9. Now, when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene. Again, look at her title, <laughs> out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive and that had been seen by her, they did not believe. What? What? I thought these were the giants of the faith. I thought these were the captains, the generals were going to follow into battle. These are the 12, or by this time, these are the 11 that know it all, can do it all, and they are our total leaders. But this woman who, while they're back here, how does it say to describe, while they're, they're basically pouting and crying, they're mourning and weeping in a closed room, and this woman who really doesn't get much recognition. She was already out at the grave site. She was expecting something to happen. She wanted to see what happened to this man that she loved so much that had cast these demons out of her, that had changed her completely from the inside out. She was out to hang around wanted to see what was going on. Where were the guys at? Oh, now what are we going to (laughs) do? Man. I really like how most of the time when you do research on Mary Magdalene, almost almost every single time that she's talked about, they have to put in who had seven demons or who was delivered of seven demons. I I actually really like that because it's one or the other. Either she had seven demons, you know, demon of this, demon of that, that Jesus probably tells those seven, and or, you know, biblically, scripturally, the word seven means like completely. When you see the word seven in the Bible, it's to signify completely. So either she had seven independent demons, or she was completely demonized, and I don't think there's much difference either way. Do you? I, I don't know about you guys. I know for sure I was demonized. I was a, a current modern demoniac. I, I was that guy. I loved violence. Any kind of violence I could get in, I enjoyed it. I played a lot of barnyard football without equipment. I started playing, when I was about 12 or 11, 12 or 13, with my two older brothers who by the, that time, my oldest brother was like 20 years old and his friends were playing. I was 12. They were lighting me up. But guess what? Every once in a while, yeah, I got an elbow in. And so that's, that's just how it was. At school, I got in all kinds of fights until I didn't care about if I got hurt, if I could hurt other people. As long as I could hurt someone, let's do it. You, you name it, I'm all in. Bar fights? oh, let's just go at it. Now I got a few in me. I can just do this all day long. I remember being in fights, being knocked out. I can't see a thing. And I'm just kind of trying to block while the fight's still going on until finally I can see again. It's like I, I lived like that for years. I was totally demonized. Anger, I would lose control of myself. Basically, that's how I fought. I hung around with dangerous guys. But they were really dangerous guys. They weren't just a demon in anger. I mean, these guys are trained in martial arts. They were trained in boxing. Most of them were carrying guns, nunchucks, brass knuckles, knives, all that stuff. I, I hung around with them, and they considered me an equal just because of my demons. They, they wouldn't have known it was demons. They just knew in a fight I was a good guy to have around because I'm going to keep a few guys busy. And then I met Jesus Christ. <laughs> And that's why I've run into a lot of demonized people. I've cast a lot of demons out. I know the absolute total authority that Jesus Christ has over all demons, over all demonic realm. The name Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, will always reign supreme in any kind of a conflict with the devil. I promise you, when I got saved... Uh, Nobody had to come and cast demons out of me. Nobody came and said this or that or applied holy water or rang any bell around me or said all these hooky kabuki dumb things. They just led me to the Lord Jesus Christ and I got completely saved, completely born again by the same resurrection power that raised Christ from the grave came inside of me and I was born again and it broke all that stuff out. The Holy Spirit came into my house and he kicked all those other things out. Simple as that. Simple as that. If you want to set someone free in your life, you think someone's demonized, lead them to the Lord. If, if you think, well, they're not ready to come to the Lord, I just want to pray for them and, and deliver them, you can't do that. If you can, you have the authority, you can cast a, a devil out of anybody you want, if they're right there in your presence in the authority of Jesus' name, you can do that. But if they don't fill their house back up with scripture, with faith in God, that devil's going to come back and he's probably going to bring friends. And the end state will be worse than where they were. So the best thing you can always do is to lead them to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you might be thinking, well, what, hold on a second. What if they're already a Christian and it seems like they got a devil? Ask them if they want to recommit their life to the Lord. No hollering, no bawling and squalling, no making them feel bad or nothing. You know what, a lot of times demons come into our lives when we get hurt. It's not just like, oh, you know what, I, just, I think I'll just pick up a devil today. That's not how it works we get hurt by other people's choices and how they treat us and that hurt festers and then we get wounded in our spirit, we're wounded in our flesh, we're wounded in every way you can think of it. We get all balled up and now we got all this unforgiveness and the door opens up and a devil comes in. Usually from what somebody else did was started that whole chain of events going on. So if you're thinking, you know what, I do have a lot of confusion. I have anger that's out of control sometimes. Maybe it's time just recommit your life to the Lord. And you know the great thing is, you don't need a, a team of exorcists there. You don't need a team of pastors there. You don't need 19 deacons there. All you need is you and faith in Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is who he is, who he said he was. And you believe that and you confess that the Bible says you shall be saved. Believe in your heart, confess through your mouth you shall be saved. Man. So I have a special place for Mary and the demoniac because I know what it's like to be demonized and, and you're not in control of a lot of things. At one time, the radio on my car, the, the channel faded out. I lost the, the song I was trying to listen to. And I punched it out of my dash. I, I hit it and, and broke the knobs right off, punched it into the dash. That's out of control. It's not even anger. It's, I don't know what you want to call it. It's demonized is all you can say. But just like Mary, I'll always be grateful for what God's done for me. I know what that's like, and I know what this is like. I like this. I love the Lord, and I, I love seeing the Lord do this for other people and set them free completely. Man. Mary got set free by surrendering to the love and lordship of Jesus Christ. Simple as that. Uh, you know, in the if you've seen the Chosen series, I like how they show their idea how this might have happened. The Bible doesn't tell us how it happened. The Bible just, it doesn't say how he did that. It says, whom Jesus cast seven devils out or a complete demonization of her out of it. But in The Chosen, Jesus calls Mary by name and Mary's like walking and just kind of stops because she realizes God's calling her, amen? And she runs back, she walks back to Jesus and Jesus just hugs her, no yelling, no nothing. He just hugs her, shows her that he loves her completely. I think at that moment she put her faith in him completely and God delivered. It's just so simple. The thing we always have to remember is the name, the Lord Jesus Christ, has total authority over any kind of demonic activity. And so if a, a person's losing it, we had a person show up the life group one time and he wanted to do stuff with one of the kids there, like take this kid off by himself and stuff, and we told him no. This guy was about this tall, and he got madder and madder, so I took him into a different room and was talking to him. He was totally demonized. He even admitted he was demonized. I said, I know you, I, I can help you out. I can cast that devil out of you right now if you want. He said, no, I don't want. And then he said, we like it here. And he growled and said, we like it here. And so then about that time, he starts leaning into me and, and trying to threaten me. And I literally had to say, look it, this isn't going to be physical. So just stop that in Jesus' name. Now you can either get delivered or you need to leave. And he left. About 12 hours later, maybe 10 hours later, a friend called me from the emergency room at St. Mary's, and he said, we just had a guy in here that had a complete neurotic break. He injured, I don't remember how people he hurt. They had cops there. They had, um, what do they call the orderlies, like in the hospital. They hurt two of them, hurt a cop. They finally got him all strapped down, and then as they're going through all his pocket stuff, he found my business card in his pocket. And so this guy goes, what is your business card doing in this guy's pocket? I so he was at Life Group last night, and da-da-da-da-da, and that's how he left. So when I told him, you're not going to get physical in Jesus' name and the authority of Jesus, he couldn't do it. And he ended up having to leave. At the hospital, this guy tore up three or four guys, just saying... Don't ever be intimidated by someone growling or yelling and all that stuff. And don't try to match it. Just stay in the authority of Jesus Christ. Say, I just tell you right now, be quiet. You're not going to do this right now. Get out in Jesus' name. It's as simple as that. This, I know this is just like a crash course in demonology, but I just want to give you a little bit of equipment because we know about Mary Magdalene. And every time we read her story, she literally had at least seven demons cast out of her. And we see stuff in movies, we see stuff from Hollywood, we see stuff on TV where you're yelling and hollering, or the Exodus is battling it out overnight, and it's not none of that mess. You tell the devil to get out in Jesus' name, they always have to. All right, hallelujah. So by staying close to Jesus under his authority, that's how we stay free. If you got a wound, if you're hurt, if you're offended at somebody, just ask God to heal your heart. Go and spend time with God. Find someone that you maybe can tell a little bit to. you can bear your soul a little bit and ask them to pray with you because there's power in agreement. All right, next thing. Mary was picked by Jesus when many wouldn't have picked her. This, this part's for all of us. Of course, she was the first one to see the empty tomb. She was the first one to see Jesus had risen. She was at the crucifixion and the resurrection. She's the only person named in all four Gospels to do both. She's the only person in all four Gospels to be at the crucifixion and the resurrection and named by name. Mary Magdalene. She's amazing. She must have been an amazing disciple, and her, her example of simple discipleship and obedience to God must have been so big that he let her have these honors. That's how I think about it. Man, being the only person named in all four Gospels at both the crucifixion and the resurrection makes her the most important witness for Jesus. The most important. I would say her her uh, experience and what she saw there would rival anything Paul says he went through. It certainly trumps everything Peter went through. We know what Peter went through. Paul says he had some of these encounters, not sure where this where that was. He was discipled one-on-one by Jesus himself. Okay, but did you did you like tackle him and grab him by the leg and hug him? <laughs> Cuz <'Cause> Mary did. <laughs> Man. In a at a time and culture that women were treated like at best servants, at worst possessions, almost livestock, that's the culture that Mary was in. At that time, this is how low women were thought of at that time. They could not legally testify in court because all women, females, were so unreliable, we can't make a court ruling because what she says she thought she saw. What? That's the culture and time that Mary lived in. Sheesh. Jesus said, well, this woman is going to be the ultimate witness. At a time when no one else would have let her testify about jaywalking, Jesus said, no, she's going to be my witness about the most important thing in all of history, and that's empty tomb and the resurrected Christ. Man. Jesus picked this woman to go and tell all the, the, the 11 disciples, the 11 apostles, even when he knew that they wouldn't believe her. So it wasn't about the effectiveness. It must have been about the reward. I'm still going to give you this reward, Mary, because of your faithfulness and who you are, because you love me so much, I love you so much. Even though they're not going to listen, I still want you to have that reward. I still want to honor you with that. You're the first one that saw me, and you're the one that got to tell the good news. Man, even when those guys wouldn't, she was, She was a Jewish woman under Roman rule, so that's already horrible. She's, well, she's a Jewish woman under Jewish men, so that would have been horrible. She's serving on a team, which most of those guys would have treated her like a servant. Wow. Can I tell you something? Gender doesn't matter in serving the Lord Jesus Christ and being honored by him and us loving him and him loving us and him moving through us and us being able to do great things for him, gender doesn't matter. Race doesn't matter. Age doesn't matter. Only thing that matters is a heart condition of wanting to be all in for God and he will use you in amazing ways. Heart condition matters. Passion matters. Being all in all the time for the Lord Jesus Christ matters. Man. Man. The last big point I want to make about Mary and then I'll I'll start wrapping this up. Do you know that there's nothing in the entire Bible that says Mary was a prostitute? It's not in the Bible. Do you know where that whole thing came from about Mary being a prostitute? Was from Pope Gregory I in 591. This pope decided to say at some speaking engagement that the woman that got delivered out of being a prostitute and, and got healed of that in chapter 7 is the same Mary in chapter 8. He, he just said, oh, that must be the same woman. It's not in the Bible that this woman was a prostitute. Now, somehow in our thinking collectively through history, at least I'll, I'll speak for myself, maybe you weren't like this, but I'm thinking she got demonized because she was prostitute. So her her choice to be a prostitute got her demonized. and That's why her life was all trash. That's not what the Bible says. I don't know how she got demonized. I don't know what someone did to her, what she did. The Bible doesn't say it. We don't know how the demons got in there. We know that Jesus got rid of them. And she served him faithfully from then on, being the only person to see the empty tomb and him resurrected mentioned in four gospels by name. Man, that's amazing. Here she was, going through all that stuff, with her history, the way most people had treated her, and she still chose to take her resources and help support Jesus' ministry. Through that whole time, when she could have went and tried to do other stuff for herself or been something else or done something else, she still chose to serve Jesus faithfully. The great thing in her example We don't have to be stuck in what other people think about us. Amen? Throughout history, here's this woman who is the ultimate example of faithfulness to God. And Jesus said so by the rights and the rewards that he gave her. And for centuries, people have thought that she was a prostitute. Oh, my goodness. How many of us have gone through stuff in our life that people accused us of doing stuff we didn't do it? Sometimes they exaggerate it. Sometimes they just totally make it up. We never did that. Where'd you come up with that idea? How about, yeah, I did do that, but I apologized. I repented. I made it right, and it was 17 years ago. Yeah, but for me, it's just like yesterday. It was like, oh, my goodness. Mary's been slandered throughout history almost. And here this woman was just totally faithful. She was a woman in a society that had zero value for her. She was a Jew under Roman rule. She was of the team of guys that thought just like that. Even though they loved the Lord, they still were off in some of their thinking. and didn't stop her a bit. She still is a main character in the resurrection story, the resurrection power. Oftentimes we talk about resurrection power and there's signs and wonders and miracles and blind eyes being opened and lepers being healed and multitudes being fed, walking out, all that stuff that I absolutely love. But it goes hand in hand with resurrection power that causes people to be all in all the time, serving God with excellence. Amen? Is the mic on? Okay. We are not bound by what others think of us. Other people can't limit us. I don't care what your race, what your gender, what your age is. I don't care about that stuff. What's your heart condition? Do you love the Lord? Do you want to live like you love the Lord? Whether someone's watching or not watching, do you love the Lord? Because that's where Mary was. And I think the reward for that is you will see amazing things in the Lord. God rewards obedience. He rewards humbleness. Man, We're not bound by what other people think of us, not our past, not our age, not our gender, not our race. Our value and identity are solely in God. Nobody else can say what I'm worth, whether good, bad, or ugly. They can't say that. God created me. My creator says what I am. Not people, not popular opinion. Like Mary, we can be totally set free of every hindrance, every attack of the enemy. As sons and daughters of God, we can serve him in total freedom and a clean conscience. Amen? Now turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. I'm going to draw this to a close. I know Mary's story doesn't have a a ton of the razzmatazz that so many of the Bible stories have. But if you're a a born-again Christian, you've been serving God for very long, you'll know that a lot of what we do for the Lord day in and day out... There's not a lot of razzmatazz. Most of our razzmatazz is our one-on-one time with God. Our Bible time, our prayer time, our our time we're just just us and God. That's our razzmatazz. Coming and serving God or serving others for God, sometimes there's not a lot of sparks in that. It's just being faithful, showing God how much we love him. But what would the resurrection power be if we don't read the resurrection story? Amen? Matthew 28, starting with verse 1. But the angel answered and said to the women. So the women didn't pass out. The women weren't scared to death because they came looking for signs and wonders. They expected something amazing around Jesus, not the guards. I love that. But the angel answered and said to the women. So the women were actually already talking when the guys passed out. The women are like, hey, what's up? What's, what's going on with this? What? They're, they're asking questions. So the angel had to answer. Verse 5. But the angel answered and said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here, for he is risen. And he said, as he said, come and see the place where the Lord lay and go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, Behold, Jesus met them. They didn't catch up to Jesus. Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me again. Man! What an amazing, wonderful, awesome story. These two Marys, Mary Magdalene, maybe his mom, maybe the Mary. There's also a Mary that poured oil on his feet, perfume on his feet in worship. I'm not sure the second Mary who that was. doesn't matter. Those two Marys had the best church service ever. <laughs> angels talking to him. First, the earthquake, which was the angel moving this rock. And then the angel's so cocky, he just sits up on that rock like, yeah, I did it. The guards drop dead, and the women are like, whoa, hey, is Jesus in there? What's going on with Jesus? We came to see Jesus. Hold on, he says. Hold on a second. This is what you got to do. Go and tell these guys he's heading up to Galilee. you got to go over there and meet him. They leave, and then all of a sudden Jesus comes and meets him, meets them. That Jesus Christ, the resurrected Savior, met those two women on trail as they were going to do their assignment. What if they'd have said, well... I'm going to go tell those guys. They're not here today. Why should I bother waste time going telling them? They're over there whining and crying anyways. I, no, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to the city and tell everybody. They would have missed Jesus. They would not have met Jesus on the road. Sometimes the best way is to meet Jesus, doing the simplest thing, the last thing he asked you to do. And in doing that, you'll meet the Lord. I love that story. That's why I finished with that story. So only our creator can label us And what he says we are, that's what we are. I don't care what other labels people have tried to put on us. Our father says we're precious. He says he has good plans for our lives. He says that we're blameless and beyond reproach because of Jesus Christ. Blameless and beyond reproach when other people are trying to accuse us. Mm -mm -mm. We are his chosen. So let me just ask you this where are you at this morning? Are you, are you burdened with personal demons? I know we're at church, and I, I know it's possible. I've seen it. Are you burdened by maybe addictions? Or, you know, Denise said a little bit earlier about offenses. Do you got something against somebody, and you know you need to forgive them, but you're just not doing that, and you haven't talked to them about it, and this thing gets worse and worse and worse? And... Get rid of it before it turns into something worse than that. Do you feel like you've been beaten down or wore out or disregarded, dishonored? Today's a great day to change that. Today is a day that you can be like Mary. You can make a choice to go after God wholeheartedly, all in, and he will set you free of any demons. He'll set you free of anything that's holding you down. If you're in, need, if you're in a need for a touch from Jesus, <coughs> excuse me, If you just need encouragement, if you just want something more, if you want a a fresh fire from Jesus, would you just stand up right now where you're at? And I'm just going to pray for you right where you're at. Anybody that wants just a little something more. Excuse me. I love the story about Mary because we don't know what her past was. We don't know where she got her means from. She's given money and support to Jesus' ministry. We don't know where that came from. We don't know if she's married or, or widowed or divorced. We'd, maybe her husband just left her. I, we don't know anything about that. What we do know is that Mary was wholeheartedly in for God. And when Jesus asked her to do something, she did it the best for her ability. She didn't care who was watching or, or what happened. And out of that love relationship, Jesus honored her with some pretty amazing things in being uh, in relationship with him and seeing him in new and powerful ways. So, Heavenly Father, I have my eyes closed. I don't know who's standing up, who ain't, but you do. Father, you know every heart condition in this room right now, and I pray in Jesus' name that you would bring the healing balm of Gilead for anyone that's here, for all of us that are here right now that have broken hearts, that have wounded hearts, that have um, hearts that have been injured from what other people did. I pray for the healing balm of Gilead to come and heal their hearts right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray for those of us that are standing here that are offended, that have one offense or, or two offenses, or we have a list of offenses against a person and what they've done wrong and what they didn't do right. And Lord, I pray right now in in the power of the Holy Spirit that you would heal them, that you would give them the power to forgive that person no matter how wrong that person was. I'm praying for healing power, resurrection power for the people in this room, people that are listening on the internet, to be able to forgive and release every offense now. Lord, I know for sure in my life a thousand times that I couldn't forgive them in my own power, but because of you, I was able to do that and get free. So would you please do that for them right now in Jesus' name. And Father, lastly, I pray for everybody standing up right now that might have an addiction that they're trying to break, that they've been praying about, they've been trying to stand against it, they've thrown things out, they've shredded stuff, and yet they still find themselves locked into that addiction. I pray that you would break that off them right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And Father, because today's just a little bit more unusual, I, I highlighted demons a little bit more than I wanted to, um, right now I just talk to every single demon that's in this place, every devil that somehow got in when that door wasn't quite latched. I just bind you in Jesus' name and I command you to get out. Just leave right now. Any spirit of offense, any spirit of addiction, any spirit of resentment, depression, discouragement, accusation, I bind you and I tell you to get out right now in Jesus' name. And Father, would you please seal the deal today? Would you pour out your Holy Spirit on us with fresh fire that we would be living sacrifices on fire for you and everything that means, whether it's cleaning bathrooms here or sweeping floors or, or helping our parents, our grandparents, um, trying to love a coworker that's just really unlovable. Lord, whatever that means. Holy Spirit, would you please come into us now and give us resurrection power, effective working power to be like Jesus in our lives and in those lives around us. I ask this in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.